Chapter 18 of the Radio Planet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Radio Planet by Ralph Milne Farley. Chapter 18 The Fall of Verkingi as miles was lifted from the ground by the unknown force behind which had seized him beneath the armpits his roy opponents fell back away from him in surprise but immediately their expressions changed to intense pleasure quite evidently they regarded this mysterious new power as an ally miles could not squirm around to see what was holding him so still grasping his sword in his right hand he felt with his left hand under his armpit and found there the claw of a formian in another moment he would be within reach of its horrid jaws and then would come the paralyzing bite which he knew so well from past experience nevertheless he could die fighting shifting his sword quickly so that he held it point upward he struck backward with it across his shoulder and had the satisfaction of hearing and feeling it glint on the carapace of his captor a few more strokes and by lucky chance his blade might find a joint in the black shell of the ant-man but just as he was about to strike again a familiar voice behind him called out stop miles for builder's sake stop it is doggo who holds you and is rescuing you from your enemies it was the voice of quiven tippy and the roys instantly understood and made a rush at their late victim but they were too late for doggo had lifted the earthman safely over the wall there stood quiven and the members of their guard quick doggo the rifles miles shouted your missing plane is in the next enclosure you must reach it before the enemy does of course this was all lost on the radio sense of the formian but the other members of the party acted at once on their side of the wall there was a platform near the top springing lightly onto this the furry maid and the captain of the guard covered the roys with their rifles you exclaimed tippy in surprise what did you expect quiven taunted you attacked this city in search of me here i am you can have me if you can catch me but you had better not try it just now for i and my friends have these magic slingshots which can kill at almost any distance go quickly before i try it on you for old time's sake go but tippy and his roys stood steadfast the captain and quiven fired two roys dropped and the others fled precipitately out through the gates by which they entered tippy the steadfast was left alone confronting cabot and his companions but he never budged over the fence vaulted the five ver king guardsmen in their leather armor and attacked their renegade countrymen who being a noble wore only a leather helmet the unequal contest could have but one result yet quiven looked on complacently at the impending downfall of her former sweetheart cabot however had more heart running along the platform within the wall 
he vaulted over at a point distant from the contest sneaked steadily up on tippy and suddenly throttled him from behind at the same time shouting to his own henchmen to desist the five ver kings obediently dropped their swords and then trussed up the young noble with his own leather belt and sword sling by placing him in a sitting posture tying his ankles together slipping a piece of stick beneath his knees placing his elbows under the ends of this stick and tying his wrists together in front of his shins also they gagged him and thus they left the traitor rolled ignominiously into a corner his eyes blazing with a piteous hate meanwhile doggo exploring the exits had seen his plane he returned to the group bristling with excitement and made signs to them to follow him out of respect for his joy none of the party let on that cabot had been the first to find the airship and had already informed them of it so they followed doggo and gave every indication of being much impressed with loving touch the huge black ant-man caressed each strut and brace and guy and joint and lever as he made a thorough inspection of his long-lost craft all appeared to be in perfect condition even the bombs the rifle and the ammunition were intact from somewhere in the interior of the fuselage doggo produced a pad of paper and a formian stylus and wrote alcohol we must have alcohol then away from these accursed shores for ever seizing the writing materials miles replied you have four rifles let me take one of them protect this plane with the other three while i return alone by the back way and bring the alcohol here under convoy of the entire laboratory guard then giving no time for dissent he seized the rifle and bandolier from the plane and was gone out through the next enclosure he went slid open the secret door in the wall and peered cautiously out one lone ant-man with rifle and bandolier was parading the alley miles fired but missed the formian promptly took cover behind a pile of rubbish and fired back miles hastily withdrew then cautiously put his head through the opening again in order to take a shot at his enemy but the enemy fired first the bullet grazed the leather helmet of the earthman and stunning him considerably so he sat on the ground within the enclosure and rubbed his sore head for a few minutes what a narrow escape then he had an idea he propped his hat on a stick so that it would sway gently in the breeze its rim just projecting through the opening in the wall giving every indication of life then he ran quickly along inside the wall until he came to a corner which he judged must be about opposite the rubbish heap which sheltered the formian climbing quietly up the studding at this point he peered carefully over there lay his black enemy only a few feet away steadily watching the bobbing edge of the helmet two shots from cabot's rifle and the vigil was over and soon the earthman his helmet regained and with an extra rifle and cartridge belt flung across his shoulders was proceeding unmolested down the alley 
he reached the laboratory without further adventure and found everything as he had left it the guard however reported that they had had to repulse three assaults by roy's the last of which had been led by a formian armed with a rifle if it had not been for this magic slingshot which you left with us said the guardsman we should have been beaten but the surprise of the savage ones at finding us thus armed was so great that even their leader could not rally them though the beast did kill several of our men before he finally fled with his roy henchmen the radio man then informed them of his intention to cart the alcohol to judd's enclosure where new wonders would be performed accordingly all except a few sentinels withdrew into the laboratory to load up first miles sorted out the bottles which were small enough to carry conveniently and then filled these bottles with alcohol from the large carboys in which it was stored this left a dozen or so carboys still unemptied it would be a pity to leave these behind but it would be impossible to get a cart out by the back way so the radio man gave hasty directions to take an empty cart through his front gate under guard and attempt to get it around by the various winding streets into the alley without its being captured by the enemy meanwhile all the alcohol was moved to the alley gate and heavily guarded there while this was being done miles cabot took a few minutes time for a farewell glance around his laboratory which he was about to quit for the last time he had enjoyed working here for there is no human pleasure greater than the joy of accomplishment and here he had accomplished the almost superhuman task of building up a complete sending and receiving radio set out of its basic elements even though he was about to journey home to his lilla and his baby son in cubia he hated to leave this precious set an irresistible impulse drew him to it as a lodestone draws a magnet he placed his fingers on the controls he tuned to the same wavelength in which he had talked and received earlier in the day a voice was speaking in the language of formia and cupia Berkingi is about to fall o master and with it the minorian must certainly get into our hands for our scout flyers are circling the outer walls to the city to prevent his escape so that is why the ant-planes hadn't bothered them recently but o oh master the voice of the ant-man continued i have bad news to report along with the good for while practically our entire populace was engaged with the hordes of our ally ought the terrible in besieging verkingi other hordes of furry savages under grod the silent have attacked and captured our own city of uriana and with it have seized our reserve planes and supplies of ammunition i have but before the formian could complete his signing off miles slammed over the leaf switch and cut in with cabot speaking cabot speaking know then o yuri that verkingi will not fall my arms are victorious here at your aunt city of uriana presently you will cease to receive any further messages from either here or your own mountain station and then you will know that the last of your formians has perished off the face of this continent 
soon you may expect me and my furry allies to fly across the boiling seas to redeem Cupia. but of our coming we shall give you no further warning tremble and await us meanwhile believe none of the stories which your henchmen will falsely send you to keep up your courage answer me now and tell me that you have received my message i have spoken then he set the switches to receive back came the answer but it was from the mountain station to the south and it came from prince yorian cupia it is a lie the minorian lies of course it was a lie but it was war and yuri would not know which version to credit if anything would happen to the sending set near the city of the ants yuri certainly would believe the worst from that time on cabot smiled to himself the formian continued denying and explaining and apologizing finally he signed off and then prince yuri got on the air listen o formian he said and you o cabot i received both of your messages naturally i believe my own man call me again when you have something further to report i have spoken he may believe his own henchman now cabot muttered to himself but later he will begin to doubt then shutting off his set he penned a hurried note in duplicate to otto the bold congratulations on the capture of the city of the black beasts destroy their hut in the mountains where you first shot arrows at me and first saw me use the magic slingshot destroy it at all costs for with it ends the power of the beasts cabot the minorian one copy he gave to each of two of the most trusted of his laboratory guards and adjured them at all cost to break through the line separately and get the message to the prince of the friendly faction of the roys if either of my bear kings succeeds in reaching prince otto miles said to himself it will mean the end of yuri's reports from this continent then with a sigh the radio man picked up an iron mallet and demolished his own radio set the work of so many hours of care when he had finished there was not a fragment left intact this too must pass he quoted sadly at this point one of his verkings rushed in upon him with a shout a party of roys is attacking the alley gate shaking himself together the radio man bade farewell to his beloved laboratory picked up his two rifles and his ammunition and hastened to take command of his forces he found that his cart had safely got around to the gate but that a hand-to-hand -hand conflict for its possession was now in progress between the guard and a large force of roy's so intermingled were the contestants that the leader of the bear kings had not dared to use his rifle cabot however had the confidence of greater experience a few well-placed shots fired by him from the gate and the enemy broke away and retreated down the alley miles handed out one of his own two rifles thus raising the number of his riflemen to two these with several bowmen took cover down the alley to hold off any counter-attack by the enemy the carboys of alcohol were then quickly loaded into the cart 
along with all the reserve ammunition which doggo had manufactured and the expedition set forth cabot with his rifle in the lead the other two riflemen and the archers forming a rear-guard closely followed by the hostile band of roys but in spite of this pursuit all went well until the party turned into the alley of the secret door to judd's enclosure here they found the way blocked by a formidable body of furry savages led by half a dozen ant-men armed with rifles luckily there was plenty of rubbish in the alley behind which to take cover from those ahead those behind were not much of a problem not having any firearms other than bows and arrows but it was aggravating to be stopped within sight of one's goal furthermore three of the rifle-armed ants promptly departed doubtless for the purpose either of bringing up reinforcements or of joining the roys who were on the other side of cabot's party there was no time to be lost the rifles were now three to three accordingly the earthman called his archers from the rear and ordered a charge of course his porters could not fight while carrying a bottle of alcohol under each arm so all the bottles were piled around the cart and left with a small guard the attack proved temporarily successful step by step the three ants and their roy allies were driven back but just as cabot and his ver kings were about to gain the secret opening in the wall word was brought that the roys in the rear were attacking the cart so cabot had to order a speedy retreat to save his precious alcohol thus giving up in an instant the ground which it had taken so long to gain the roys were readily repulsed from the cart and retreated down the alley in disorder but the party with whom cabot and his ver kings had just been fighting formed at once for a counter-attack at this juncture a row of heads suddenly and unexpectedly appeared over the top of the wall quiven the golden flame doggo the ant-man and six ver king guardsmen quiven and two guardsmen held rifles with which they promptly covered the approaches to the alley while doggo started hurling airplane bombs into the group of roys led by his three countrymen when the smoke cleared the alley was cleared as well here and there were arms and legs and other anatomical sections of roys and formians all the survivors had fled miles picked up two ant rifles and the twisted remains of a third and hurriedly passed what was left of his precious liquid fuel in through the little gate in the wall nearly half the bottles and carboys had been broken during the fighting the ver king dead numbered about a dozen with several more wounded these were brought within the enclosure and ministered to by quiven by this time the pink twilight had begun to settle over the planet poros departure that day was now out of the question accordingly guards were posted and the rest of the party prepared to spend the night close to the plain on tapestries filched from the palace of judd the excuse maker the radio man himself was nearly exhausted having worked steadily for thirty-six hours on the completion of his set and the subsequent fighting yet before he turned in he inquired about the state of the battle it appeared that little was known save that the city was overrun by ant-men and the furry savages of Ot the terrible and that isolated groups of ver-kings were defending as best they could 
their respective enclosures against the invaders cabot reported the capture of the ant city by grod the silent which news served to hearten his own little band considerably the mention of the radio set whereby he had obtained this information suggested to him to ask have you tried to get to the palace of Theoth the grim with the small set in judd's quarters yes quiven replied repeatedly but no one answers you see the palace set is in my own rooms and it has probably not occurred to any one to go there then they lay down for a fitful night of shouts and shots and flares but no one attacked the enclosure which they occupied along toward morning the earthman fell into a soundless sleep only to be awakened by one of his bear king soldiers shaking him roughly by the shoulders awake the leather-clad warrior shouted awake bear kingy is in flames the fire is rapidly eating its way toward us it was true all around them was the uncanny red of the conflagration overhead there sped flocks of sparks against a background of billowy clouds of smoke and a further background of jet-black sky immediate steps were necessary to protect the airship from the flying embers accordingly the bottles and carboys of alcohol were emptied into the fuel tank of the craft and then filled with water brooms of brush were brought and used to beat out such sparks as endangered the plane doggo tested the motors and found them in good order the tapestries were loaded on board then there remained nothing they could do except keep watch guard the plane and await the dawn although of course if the holocaust should approach too near it would become necessary for them to fly night or no night meanwhile it occurred to miles to try once more to get the palace on the air so with rifle and ammunition slung over his shoulders and carrying a torch he proceeded to judd's quarters on the way he spied a dark form crouching in a corner of the fence of one of the enclosures end of chapter eighteen recording by john brandon